You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleburne, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleburne.com. So, it was a May night in 2008. Can anybody remember that far back? Some of you in the audience uh, were not even born in 2008. Uh, Pastor Zoe reminds me all the time, she was born right before 9-11 happened. Her mom was pregnant with her, and I'm like, (laughs) it makes me feel really old. So, it was a May night in 2008, and I was ready to have the define the relationship talk. Y'all ever had that, the DTR, define the relationship? You, you young people, y'all probably don't do that anymore, but, but I, was, I, I was ready for Crystal to be my girlfriend, right? Okay, so, so I, I picked her up in the truck and I had the, the tunes going, probably something like Coldplay or something, right? You know, the ladies love the Coldplay. Uh, and uh, some of you are like, who's Coldplay? Never mind. Um, Coldplay's still cool, right? No? Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I asked her, I said, hey, do you want to be my girlfriend? You know what she said? She said, and her mom's here today, so I'm glad she can hear this. She said, my mom says we're going too fast. And I was crushed because I had a good date set up for her. So I was left with a conundrum. Either I just take her home or I take her on the date. So I took her on the date. Right? Okay? Because I'm like, I'm going to convince her. Because I don't, I'm not one, I don't take no for an answer very well. So I was going to convince her. So we had planned to go horseback riding with friends of ours. Okay? Now, if you don't know, I am a city boy. I have not ridden a whole lot of horses in my life. Uh, And the horses that I had ridden to this point, I had not been uh, given alone. And I looked really cool on a horse. I believe there's a picture behind me. Uh, young people, okay, you think that you are really cool right now. You think that you look really cool. You think you look really awesome. Uh, and then you see f- pictures 15 years later, and you're like, yeah, I wasn't as cool as I thought. Uh, and, and so if you'll see me here on, I guess, your right, my right, uh, and then the beautiful young lady there in the middle that had just turned me down uh, to go steady, uh, was right there. And this was right before it happened. Now, if some of you know, this is what's on the front of the horse. I'm not sure what this is called, uh, but it's a, it's a bit and reins. Is that correct? Am I wrong? It's a bit and reins, okay? And so this goes in the horse's mouth. Now, why does this go in the horse's mouth? So you can control them. You can go left, you can go right, and if you pull back and say, whoa, what are they supposed to do? That's what they're supposed to do. (laughs) So back to what I was trying to do, I was trying to impress Crystal, because she told me that my mom said we needed to slow down. Whatever, Renee. Anyway, and so... (laughs) So, so we were trotting along, right along this fence. You see the fence there? Okay, right along the fence. And so just as soon as our friend, the lady to the left, her name is Haley, the guy taking the picture, his name was Luke. As soon as Luke jumped back on his horse and got even with us, I went, ha, right? Because I've watched a Western movie. That's what John Wayne does, 
right? And when I, yeah, and when I went, yeah, what happened? The horse went, boom, and takes off. And I thought we were going to do like the, right? No, it was, like 100 miles an hour. And I'm sitting there going, ah, all right? Here's the worst part. My feet came out of the stirrups. So I'm bouncing on the horse, grabbing with a gun. Whoa! Right? And I'm flying. It's fa- I don't know how fast horses run. And my hat flew off. And finally, I'm pulling back going, whoa! And finally, I got him to stop. Finally. Man, I could have died real easily, you know. But anyway, so then I... Then I then I work back to my wife, or my, my not-girlfriend at the time, and I, I trot back and go, yeah, he, he got a little spooked. He took off. I don't know what the deal is. So I don't think at the time she knew that I was scared to death. She didn't know at the time. Yes. Because later she decided to be my girlfriend that night. She goes, oh, I think we're okay. My mom will be fine later on that night. So I impressed her with the horse. But... <coughs> But if not for this, I would have never stopped the horse. This was, this was a little bit. And it goes in his mouth. And what it does is this little thing controls the entire horse. Now, today we're going to be looking at James. I'm going to set this over here because I'm going to drop this. My mother-in-law wants me to put in a word for her, okay? We had only been on a few dates at that time, okay? We had only been on three, three dates at the time. So she wanted me to put that in for her, okay? So, but just like the bit controls the horse, the Bible suggests something controls us. Y'all want to guess what it is? Our tongue. Our tongue controls us. Just like the reins and the bit control the horse that almost killed me. I mean, could y'all imagine? I mean, a city boy. And so if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is A Warning on Controlling the Tongue. A Warning on Controlling the Tongue. And it's found in in James chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Let's read. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect. If we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. The Bible is suggesting that if we can control our tongue, we can control ourselves in every other way. But my first point today, if you'll notice, number one, it gives a warning to leaders. It gives a warning to leaders. Now, if you're not a leader, if you're just a church person, I want you to listen to this point too, because I think it's important for us to understand what the Bible asks us to do as leaders. God's word does not discourage people from assuming the position of a teacher. It raises the dignity of the position by pointing out the dangers and responsibilities that the office holds. Guys, I think sometimes we don't understand the responsibility that teachers of the word of God hold. We can either speak life or we can speak death. 
And this is eternity in what we're doing. The problem is we now live in the social media world. In order for me to get up on this stage and preach to you, I have gone through years of training. I have been vetted by the Assemblies of God. In fact, before I even hit this platform, I was vetted by the elder board of our parent church who planted Hope Church way back when. I wasn't just thrown up here. But now, in the day and age that you live in, anybody with a webcam becomes a preacher. And the problem is, when we follow everyone with a webcam, they are not vetted as much as those that are standing on this stage or any other stage that's similar to this. Hope Church is not just the the one true thing here. So hear me on this. And so you have to vet who you listen to. Because the Word of God says, those that teach are held to a higher standard. You know, oftentimes I tell you, I'm not scared of you. I will do what the Lord asked me to do because I know one day when I'm standing before the Lord, I'm going to have to give an account for what I taught you. Not whether you were happy with me, not whether or not I made you feel good that day. The Lord's going to say, did you preach the book of James and give them the good stuff? And guys, I, I think... I think sometimes we don't understand the weight that should be placed on the teachers of God's word. Now, I'm passionate about this this morning because it is what I do. But I want you to understand a person that teaches God's word should be held to a higher standard. And if they're going to teach God's word, it is important that they teach God's words, not their opinion on what God's word says. Because there's a difference. God's word is not always convenient for how we feel. But God's word is always true and timeless. And sometimes it needs to be preached even if it makes the preacher uncomfortable. But guys, what the scripture is suggesting at the end in the second part of this verse is a person who can bring the tongue under control is able to bring the whole body in check. And so those who misuse the tongue receive God's condemnation. If you misuse your tongue, we receive condemnation from God. Now, I know everybody's like, ooh, I'm so glad I got out of bed this morning. This is a good one. Uh, God's been dealing with me on this all week. So he gives me so many uh, opportunities when I preach on these things. So let's keep reading. Verse 3, it gets better. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit in its mouth. Yes, I stole the illustration from the Bible, okay? And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for, for it's set on fire by hell itself. Whew. So the Bible is suggesting that your tongue can be set on fire by hell itself. 
So the second point that I want you to get today is that the tongue is powerful. The tongue is powerful. Guys, this is saying that the small organ in your body can influence major events in your life. Guys, you can see that people go to war and die over leaders that have made speeches. And guys, the the tongue can produce ruin and may represent the presence of vast iniquity within our body. We just have to get it under control. Guys, I think what this verse is suggesting is that eternity for our family can be found in our tongue. The way we speak to our kids, the way we speak to those around us could either make them want to draw near to the Lord or it could send them towards eternal fire. Because, guys, I get it. Sometimes we get frustrated, but what we say cannot always be taken back. It's like a tube of toothpaste. Anybody love toothpaste? Some of you probably should love it more than others. My kids don't brush their teeth, so uh, Maddie does. Maddie does. She's here. The bo- it's just the boys, right, Maddie? It's just the boys that don't brush their teeth. Yeah. Jonah gets real mad if you don't buy him a Transformer toothbrush. That was this week. Uh, so the world, the world fell apart because mom bought a baby Yoda toothbrush instead of a Transformer toothbrush. Whew. Man, we didn't think we were going to make it. But anyway, <laughs> toothpaste... Once toothpaste is out of the tube, is it easy to put it back in there? No. Have you ever tried? In fact, the tube is, is compressed, and if you do it right, how many, okay, let's, let's just have, uh, this is just for me, okay? How many squeeze from the, uh, hear the options before you vote, okay? How many squeeze from the end of the tooth, toothpaste tube or squeeze from the middle? You've heard the options, okay? I'd like a show of hands. How many squeeze from the end? Those of you, they're saved. Squeeze for the middle. <laughs> Those of you, just raise your hand. Could you come to the front? We're going to have an altar time. Uh, <laughs> Mo, can we get back? What were we singing there at the end? Let's sing that again. Because uh, they need it. You squeeze from the end. Why do you squeeze from the Because you get more out of it that way. But if you squeeze all of the toothpaste out of the tube, you can't put it back in again. It's not possible. Now, some of you are like, well, pastor, whatever, okay? Don't be that guy, all right? But what the Bible is saying is one slip of the tongue can do damage that will take a lifetime to repair. Guys, I've seen one instance where words were taken out of context, where words were said out of anger, and families don't talk to each other. Guys, your tongue can bring life or it can bring death. And so you, as a follower of Christ, have to get your tongue under control. Because like the bit controls the horse, so does your tongue control you. So let's keep reading James. Skip down to verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises praises the Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. 
And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Number three, if I haven't offended you yet, I will. We must not be two-faced. The Bible says we cannot praise the Lord with our mouth one minute and then curse everybody else the second. Guys, I think some of us think that it is our lot in life to fix the world. Guys, let me take this weight off of your shoulders. The only person that's going to fix the world is the Holy Spirit. The only thing that's going to fix the world that we live in is a vast move of the signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit. That's all that's going to fix this world. So you can take that off your shoulders. All you are called to do is love God and love people. Praise the Lord and love on his people. It doesn't say love God and fix his people. Right? It doesn't say that. I mean... Am I wrong, Samantha? I mean, you you read the same Bible. It doesn't say love God and fix his people. It says love God and love people. Now, here's here's where our world gets it wrong. They think loving is accepting. Loving is loving. We can disagree. You can live in a way that I don't believe, and I can still love you. Unacceptance is not unloving. Loving means I love you despite our disagreements. That's what love is. Because I love Crystal with all my heart. And I impressed her with a horse. Praise Jesus. And only did she find out in sermon illustrations that I was actually scared to death for my life. But there's sometimes that she doesn't like me. I know, can y'all believe that? Is there times that Crystal, I mean, it's not, it's not possible, right? It's not possible. And she'll sit there and nod her head, oh, it's not possible. But it's, it's possible. But she loves me. She doesn't stay with me because she likes me. She stays with me because she loves me. And we don't reach the world because we like them. Heck, go to Walmart. I don't, have, I don't like half the people at Walmart. That's why I don't go to Walmart. I go to Aldi. Nobody talks to each other. Everybody does their own thing. They rush you through. I love the cash people because the cash, y'all ever have those slow people in front of you at the cash register? Aldi hurries them up. I'm like, you're my people. I love you. Like, hey, we don't have time for that. Let's go. Let's go. Like, they're on a shot clock. I love it. I love it so much. They're like, "Uh, sir, can you take your stuff out of your back? I'm like, whoa, calm down, lady. I mean, geez. But I don't have to like them. I just have to love them. The problem is, we spend so much time putting junk in our heart, and we expect good things to come out of it. You know, I know, we all know the old adage, garbage in, garbage out, right? But it's true. Whatever you think on, whatever you dwell on, whatever you set your mind on, those are the things that are going to come out of your mouth. And guys, there's times... That I just have to rest in the Lord. 
You know, there's times that I have to just sit. I found that sometimes if I really want to hear from the Lord, I need instrumental music. I don't need to hear the words of other people. I just want to hear God. The music sets a tune. There's instrumental stuff. If you need some suggestions, I can give you some good suggestions. And, and the Lord just flows through that. Sometimes you have to get all the junk out of your life so that God can flow through you. And guys, our tongues can show us what we need to fix in our lives. What this verse is suggesting to us is our tongues will show us exactly what is wrong in our hearts. You know, one thing that I learned is oftentimes what comes out of our mouth is a product of what's going on in our heart. Our heart is like a cup. And what happens when you, when you fill up a cup, it gets to the top, it overflows, right? And if your cup is full of hurt, is full of anger, is full of pain, what's going to come out of your cup? Hurt, anger, pain. And until you start filling your cup with good stuff and getting all the other stuff out of it, that's only when your cup is going to start overflowing the goodness of God. And some of us, some of us need to learn the art of being quiet. Because just because you think it needs to be said, doesn't mean that it should be said. And guys, I'm, I'm a talker. Preacher going to preach, right? And sometimes I've learned, you know, God can handle that without me saying anything about it. And you know what? It's amazing when I let him handle it. He does a whole lot better job than me. Amen. <laughs> Because I have a tendency to just get in there and just like the horse. Amen. So what are our transformational moments this morning? You know, I know, I know this is a tough one to come to church and listen to, but I, I think if we can catch hold of this, and I know that I say, I say this every week of James, if we can catch hold of this piece here, basically just catch hold of all of James and you'll be good, okay? Number one. What is your tongue revealing? What is your tongue revealing? God, if, if, guys, if all that comes out of your mouth is junk, if all that comes out of your mouth is hurtful, if all that comes out of your mouth is anger and bitterness, what's going on in your heart? And guys, I get it. Often there's outside influences that are affecting our heart. Sometimes... You just have to get those influences out. There's some things that I don't want to hear. There's things that I don't need to hear. You know, and I've learned when I go through a time that I'm just frustrated with the whole world. You know what I do? I got to turn off the news. Because you know what their job is? Their job is to get me in a frenzy because when I'm in a frenzy, I consume the product that gives them money. It's a rat race. Some of us need to turn off the news and hit our knees and allow the Lord to speak to us. Because I've read the end of the book. This world is going to go to hell in a handbasket. It's going to get there one way or another, whether it does... With this administration, the next administration, or the administration after that, it's going to do it. 
but I'm going to spend eternity with Jesus, even if I get killed along the way. So I'd rather be tuned into him than tuned into them. Number two, do you give life with your words? Do you give life with your words? You know, I think sometimes one thing I've learned as a leader is when things go wrong, usually our, our instance is to correct, be angry, be frustrated. You know what I've found works better? When people mess up, they know they messed up. I've found instead of responding out of anger, asking a question. The question of why did this go wrong? Why did this happen this way? A better question, what would you do differently next time? And oftentimes that diffuses the situation to a point that it's okay. Now I don't always do that, right? There's times that I want to yell and scream and it just makes me feel better. But all it does is make me feel better. But it's spitting out toothpaste that I can't put back in the toothpaste tube. And lastly, are you ready to give it to God today? Guys, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what is your frustration today. I don't know what's affecting your tongue but you can only tame your tongue through his power. And you just gotta give it to him today. And I know it's, this is one of those that's easy to go, you know, this just, this just seems impossible, Pastor. And it could be. But I know nothing is impossible with God. something a little different today. Is it all right if I do something different? I feel a leading of the Holy Spirit, okay? I just want us to take a minute and I just want us to allow God to speak. I think sometimes we rush into these songs, we want to sing a song because we're uncomfortable with silence. But it's in the silence that He speaks. There's a passage in the scripture where God passes in front of a prophet, but there's, there's wind, there's fire, there's wind. And then where was God? He was in the whisper after all the mess. So I don't know what God's speaking to you today, but I want us to just take a moment. Maybe bow your head, close your eyes so you're not distracted by your neighbor who can't sit still. But let's just allow God to speak today. I feel an overwhelming sense of guilt 
of all the things that I should have said better. But Lord, help us to know that there's grace there. Help us to know that through your power, we can control our tongue. Lord, because I truly believe that when we control our tongue, we set ourselves apart from the rest of the world. Lord, I pray that you would just move in us this morning. This last part of the message, I want an extended invitation. You know, I don't come into a room like this and, and know that there aren't people, baby, in this room that don't know Jesus. And guys, I've, I've felt very convicted this year. The Lord has always told me to extend an invitation of me. And guys, I'm telling you, here in June, we have had already had more people accept Jesus in July. Well, it's July now, sorry. In July than we did all of 2022. We're more. I think we had 90-something, and now we're at 130 people who have given their heart to Jesus this year. And I truly believe it's through the obedience of us giving an invitation. And so if you're sitting there today and you're like, Pastor, I, I want a relationship with Jesus. In just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. Now, there's nothing magical about this prayer. Hear me. Saying these words does not save you. But believing what you are saying and having a life change, that is what saves you. And this is just step one. It's our job as the church to walk with you on every step after this. So would everybody bow their head and close their eyes around the room? If you're wanting to say this prayer with me today, just repeat after me there in your chair quietly. You don't have to say it out loud. We're not looking to embarrass you, but repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your love in my life. Forgive me where I failed you. I give my heart to you today. Take my life. Use it for your purpose. In Jesus.